1: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast, March 9th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always, and have a big, loaded show for you today. Lots of stuff went on in the NFL on Monday, and so can't wait to talk about it on today's show. Matter of fact, coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider Podcast. Voicemail line, still got a lot of feedback rolling on, man. 707-654-4693. A lot of folks passionate about the conversation I had last week. Matter of fact, last Wednesday, Wednesday about what Brent Musburger had to say uh, with Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show. And uh, we'll get into that conversation more. I've been talking about it quite a bit, but get into more of that conversation coming up in segment number three, because there's still a lot of feedback coming up about that. And then segment number two, going to talk about the Raiders and what they do with free agents and the way that they've treated their free agents since they've been getting them, since they've been signing them and what they've been choosing to do. And a perfect example is LaMarcus Joyner, a guy who was officially released on, uh, on Monday. And we'll get into that subject more in in this segment, but just kind of the, the need to what the Raiders have to do. The fact that they need to sign guys and play them in the position that they normally and naturally play. Whatever you saw them doing that made you want to sign them, you've got to play them in that position moving forward. So we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. So let's go ahead and, and jump right into it. Monday was a very busy day across the NFL, and every day this week's going to be very busy across the NFL as teams are, are making a lot of releases and cutting some veterans as they're trying to, you know, position their salary cap so they could be players in free agency that starts on uh, March 17th uh, tampering period. The legal tampering period starts on March 15th, but it officially, free agency officially opens up on March 17th. So the Raiders, they made a move by basically confirming that defensive back Lamarcus Joyner was going to be released. That was something that most people expected. I know the Raiders were also trying to trade him, but when teams realize that you're going to go ahead and release a guy, there's no reason for them to give up any kind of draft capital. They know, hey, this dude's not going to be around, and Lamar Marcus Joyner was expected to make almost $10 million, $9.95 million against the cap. And uh, so they're going to release him. And so they're going to pick up $8.7 million in cap savings with the release of LaMarcus Joyner. They're going to take a $2.5 million cap hit. So that's not very much to take of a cap hit. And look, he didn't do anything as a member of the Silver and Black. He uh, had a four-year $42 million deal. He was cut after two years. No interceptions under his belt. And, you know, they they signed him and they didn't use him correctly. And that's something that we're going to talk about in segment number two. And I think all of Raider Nation knows that he was not used correctly. And and we talk bad about LaMarcus Joyner, like, oh, man, this dude was a bum. But it was a bum because the Raiders just didn't use him in the position he was supposed to be used in, which was safety. And like I said, we'll get into that conversation much more in segment number two. But uh, LaMarcus Joyner released becoming uh, close to official. And so that's going to be a done deal. Give them $8.7 million in cap savings think about this as far as the Raiders in free agency they made a move for Antonio Brown right they gave him the they, they gave him a three-year 50 million dollars deal cut him before the season began uh they had wide receiver Tyrell Williams under contract four years 44 million dollars cut him after two years and 42 catches LaMarcus Joyner I just mentioned four years 42 million dollars cut after two years no interceptions offensive tackle Trent Brown four years 66 million dollars right now he's available via trade uh and then you have guys like Carl Nassib They were giving big contracts, and, well, looks like he's probably going to get released as well, and I don't know that for a fact, but uh, after, based off what he did and the fact that he was a healthy scratch multiple times in 2020, does not look like he's going to be around with the silver and black in 2021, but clearly the Raiders have just a bunch of misses when it comes to free agency. Another roster move that the Raiders made on Monday, a very minor one, but they re-signed Dallin Levitt to a one-year deal, safety Dallin Levitt to a one-year deal. He's really a special teams guy. If you see him out there on the field as a safety, you know that the Raiders are in trouble. You know, he should not be out there. He's really, really good at special teams, and you need to have good special teams. I'm not trying to poo-poo on the position. I'm just saying he's not a real deal safety, and when you see him out there at the safety position, and we did see him out there as far as 2020 goes. We saw him out there a couple times. Uh, you know, playing that center field position, the Raiders are in trouble. That means that they got a lot of guys banged up and their depth is very, very little. And so they need to just throw someone out there. And so Leavitt would be that guy, but he is a special teams dude. And they re-signed him on a one-year deal. Uh, Also on Monday, as far as the Raiders are concerned, they hosted former Jaguars, Texans, and most recent Bronco defensive back A.J. Boye. And that was according to Mike Kliss. He uh, covers the Broncos up there in Denver. And if you remember correctly, A.J. Boye is still suspended. He'll miss the first, two games of the next season, no matter what team he plays for. But uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he doubled down and confirmed. He said, I can confirm that A.J. Boye is in Las Vegas for a free agent visit with the Raiders. Uh, First up is COVID-19 testing, followed by meeting with the Raiders staff. And I know a lot of people were like, ah, A.J. Boye is not that great now. And really, I mean, the best couple years that he had was his last year with the Houston Texans, and then he signed that free agent deal with the Jaguars, and then he played pretty well there until he didn't, you know. But the thing about it is Gus Bradley, who's the new defensive coordinator for the Raiders is very familiar with A.J. Boyer, and he did play well with Bradley in Jacksonville. So that is a connection. That is a tie right there. So I would not be shocked at all. And the Raiders have been known to do this. They've been known to sign guys that are going to be suspended for the first game or the first couple games of the season. They've done it before. You know, they did it with uh, with Nevin Lawson, even though I'm not a big fan of that. I want guys to be available. Richie Incognito, they did that with him as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up making that move with A.J. Boyer because he's very familiar with Gus Bradley, and Gus Bradley is very familiar with him. Also, some news that rolled out on Monday, and it doesn't have to do with the Raiders, but it could have. Titans offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson was traded to the Dolphins. And if you remember, he was just a first-round pick in 2020, and he's traded to the Dolphins uh, before the 2021 season. Uh, they gave up Isaiah Wilson. This is the Titans. They gave up Isaiah Wilson and a 2022 seventh-round pick to the Dolphins for a 2021 7th round pick. And of course, Isaiah Wilson is a big bust in Tennessee. And I'm not saying he's going to be a, a big-time player with Miami or he's going to rebound, but for what Miami gave up, that's next to nothing. And with especially with the speculation and the question marks around Trent Brown, if they're going to bring him back, the Raiders that is, and if they're going to trade him and move on from him, man, I wouldn't have mind seeing Isaiah Wilson brought in and just saying, hey, what the hell, let's go give it a, give it a shot. If you're only giving up a 2021 7th round pick, That would have been great, you know? And then if he does work out, does pan out, that's a steal. You're getting a first-rounder for a seventh-rounder? I mean, man, that's that's an absolute steal. So uh, Miami did well jumping on that trade, and again, if it works out great, if it doesn't, no harm, no foul. You didn't give up anything, but it's 2021 seventh-round pick, and not a lot of those guys are making the roster anyway, so I would have definitely been okay if the Raiders had made that move, but they didn't, and Miami jumped on it. Another couple nuggets I want to get to that don't have to do with the Raiders, except for it could have had something to do with the Raiders, and a lot of Raider fans wanted this to have something to do with the team. Carlos Dunlap is being released by the Seahawks, and he's a guy, a lot of Raider fans last year before the trade deadline were saying Raiders go make a move for Carlos Dunlap go make a move for Carlos Dunlap and they didn't and Seattle went and got him well they're releasing him and it's not a surprise the move will save Seattle 14 million dollars in cap space so that's that's a that's big time right there that's big time money but he played well for the Seahawks once they once they got him in the second half of the season he had five sacks and 14 tackles in eight games Uh, but obviously wasn't worth the cap hit that he was going to carry at 32 years old so uh, apparently the Seahawks want to bring him back they just kind of want to do like the Raiders are trying to do with Richie Incognito, bring him back at a lesser rate. So maybe he ends up resurfacing in Seattle, or maybe another team goes out and gets him. But uh, he had five sacks and 14 tackles in eight games for Seattle, so they got their money's worth and then just release him so they didn't have to pay him uh, $14 million or didn't take that $14 million cap hit. And the biggest piece of news that came out on Monday clearly had to do with the quarterback position, and that's Cowboy quarterback Dak Prescott. And I can say Cowboy quarterback Dak Prescott because he seals the deal on a long-term contract. Everyone, including myself, thought he was going to get the franchise tag for the second year in a row, but instead he gets a four-year deal that could be worth up to $164 million $126 126 million is guaranteed. The deal includes $66 million just to sign and 75 million altogether in year 1, which is the most in NFL history. The first three years of his deal, forty-two million dollars a year is what he's going to average. Uh, he gets the bag, he seals the deal, and uh, has now the highest signing bonus in NFL history. Prescott was sixty-six million, Russell Wilson sixty-five, Aaron Rodgers fifty-seven and a half, Stafford fifty million, Matt Ryan forty-six and a half, Joe Flacco forty million, and Aaron Donald. $40 million. So Dak Prescott gets banged up. He gets injured. And well, they see how much he's worth. So the only reason I bring that up is because, well, one, it's huge news. And two, there was talk about Derek Carr and a contract extension. And I don't think he's in the $40 million range. I really don't. I don't think the Raiders would be willing to pay a quarterback $40 million. I just, I just don't believe that they're that's in their wheelhouse. But it probably does Raise the price for a Derek Carr extension at least a little bit. You know, probably puts him at least in that, you know, thirty-two to $35 million range as far as per year goes. The price for quarterbacks is just going up and going up and going up. So Dak Prescott secures the bag, and now, well, whenever the Raiders decide to make a move with Derek Carr or anyone else, then it'll be on them. What are you going to do? I don't see them giving him a deal like that, but, of course, Derek Carr's agent's looking at it like, okay, cool. Let it let the let the money roll in because that's just going to mean the next guy is going to get paid as well. So it could impact what Derek Carr gets. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot, but it'll definitely inflate the the price a little bit and my final note has to do with the franchise tag talked about that quite a bit today was supposed to be the day that you had to have the tag applied on the player that you want and it still could be the day but it's not official there's conversations about the NFLPA and is trying to push back and say hey since we don't know what the actual salary cap is uh, that's a bad idea and since the TV deal is not 100% complete yet we don't know how much that money is so we want to wait to uh, be able to apply the franchise tag when we have the specifics on numbers and prices and I think that that's okay I think that that's uh that's fair but we'll see what happens again today was supposed to be the deadline it was supposed to be at three o'clock central time four eastern and 1 p.m pacific we'll see later on today we'll find out if in fact they do push it back or not but I do know for a fact that the Jets have put the franchise tag on safety Marcus May and that tag is worth about 10.5 million dollars uh give or take of maybe a million or so just based off of what the actual salary cap is going to be also the Broncos I mentioned it before have put the tag on safety Justin Simmons for the second year in a row. Also Washington, that football team, they're supposed to be putting the franchise tag on on guard uh, Brandon Sheriff. Uh, So he's supposed to be getting the franchise tag and think uh, Carolina has an offensive lineman that they're tagging as well. So it looks like about four players so far in the league are getting the tag and it may come down to today or it may be pushed back a few days. It's something to continue to monitor. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, the need for the Raiders to play their free agents in their position of strength. The position that they actually saw them be really, really good at. Got to keep them in that position. We'll talk about that all coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to tell you about a great sponsor here, which is betonline.ag and if it's college basketball, you know it's March now, March Madness is right around the corner got conference championship series going on right now and so you can get your gamble on with that, uh, the UFC this past weekend was a great card, you can get your gamble on with that, uh, hockey is going on Baseball's right around the corner everything that you want to get a piece of the action in you can with betonline.ag they're your online sportsbook experts you want to open up a free account, you can it's real easy, go to betonline.ag and uh, when you make your first deposit it. If you use the promo code Locked On, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So you put 200 in, you're going to get 300 to play with. It's just as simple as that. You're basically playing with someone else's money. So uh, that's a good look. BetOnline.ag, if you're on social media and you're looking for them, at BetOnline underscore AG, take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Again, BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, go check them out today and make sure you use that promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit so you can get that 50% Welcome bonus. I also, real quick, wanted to give you an update on the Built Bar March Madness Bracket Challenge. That's right. If you heard Monday's show, you know that that was the first day that uh, what we're doing is a a bracket challenge similar to March Madness where these bars compete against each other for the best tasting built bar out there. And uh, on Monday, Churro Puff actually defeated Apple Almond Crisp, which was a surprise to me, and it's moving on to face Cookies and Cream. Peanut Butter Brownie took out Raspberry, and we'll move on to face Coconut Almond. So coming up today... The competition, banana nut bread versus toffee almond. The winner will take on mint brownie. And then orange versus peanut butter. The winner takes on coconut puff. So if you want to get your vote on, if you want to uh, help make a a bar advance, go to BuiltBar.com or you can do it on social media at Bar underscore Built. That's at Bar underscore Built if you want to go ahead and and get your vote on and, and make your favorite bar advance. So that's just a little bit of an update of what's going on with the Built Bar March Madness Bracket. Now, segment number two, it's on the way.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. We want to talk about free agency as it's right around the corner. March 17th is the actual day that it opens up. The 15th is when legal tampering starts and, you know, all fans get excited and fired up when they see that their team signs free agents, especially guys that have big names. And the Raiders, they do it, and Raider fans get fired up as well. And I'm not going to lie, I get fired up by some of the names I'm thinking, oh, man, that dude could really play. Well, then the Raiders decide to take them and not play them in the position they're supposed to play. Perfect example, defensive back LaMarcus Joyner, who I mentioned in segment number one, is being released, you know, and he signed a four-year, $42 million deal, and he ended up with no interceptions. No, excuse me. Yeah, four years, $42 million, being cut after two years with no interceptions. In the first two years, in, in 2017 and 2018 with the Rams, while he was playing safety, he came up with four interceptions, and that was, and I think he played 12 games each season. He played 14 games. He played 28 total games with the Raiders and had no Interceptions, And that's because in the minute that, that they signed him, the minute that the Raiders signed him, John Gruden came out and said, we're going to use him as a Swiss Army knife. He's going to cover the tight ends in the AFC West. And there's some really good tight ends. And it all sounds great, but don't try to reinvent the wheel, you know? And that's what it seems like that the Raiders try to do when they get guys. They try to overthink things. They try to do too much. And this is not just main this is not just focus on the on the free agency they do it in the draft as well and we'll get to that and we'll actually let you hear from Mike Mayock who talked last week and uh and, and mentioned it himself like hey they can't be doing that but as free agency goes man you go ahead and spend and give these guys a lot of money and then you don't use them the correct way and I remember Richard Sherman saying this and this was when uh the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and they eventually lost to Kansas City that was the Super Bowl that was in Miami and they asked him what makes this team so good and he said everyone knows their role if you're a wheel they're a wheel if you're an engine you're an engine you know if you're the bumper, be a bumper. Well, the Raiders go and they sign guys that are wheels and they try to make them a bumper or they try to make them, you know, an engine when that's not what they do. That's not what their role is. And so... Signing LaMarcus Joyner and immediately trying to put him in the slot. And then what's worse, if you're trying to put him in another position, that's fine. If you see that it's not working out, you can't be so bullheaded and just say, you know what? We're going to stick with this because that's what we want to do. You have to be able to say, I'm going to be flexible and I'm actually going to put him in a a position of strength and, and let him succeed. You have to set up players for success and The Raiders just weren't doing that, and they haven't done that. And so as they get ready to prepare for free agency this upcoming year, they have to go into the mindset of whatever we see out there that we're going to go get. If we're going to go get an edge rusher, we've got to use him like he's normally used. If we're going to go get a linebacker, he's got to be used that correct way. Going to go get a safety. Keep him at safety. Don't move these guys around. Don't try to get them to do something that they don't do. It just doesn't make any sense. And, I mean, you think about this, and I know pro football focus is not the end-all, be-all, but I think this is a perfect example when you're talking about Lamarcus Joyner. His career pro football focus grades. As a free safety, ninety point one is his grade. As a slot corner, 61.3. As a box guy plays up in the box, 51.0. So the Raiders played him a lot in the slot, moved him up in the box quite a bit. The only position that he's really great at, the free safety, they didn't use him very much. And when they did use him, you could see that he was actually successful. So As they go into free agency, they have to get guys and use them for what they're worth. Do not try to switch them up and change them. You saw what they did when they got Corey Littleton. A lot of us, including myself, talked about Corey Littleton and said, hey man, uh, you know the guy's out there thinking, he doesn't know what he's doing and that's because Paul Gunther and company tried to put too much on him and tried to make him do things that he wasn't accustomed to doing, which made him the prized possession, the number one linebacker in free agency in 2020 and you just see that he was very unsuccessful with the Raiders because they had him doing stuff that he wasn't Used to doing. If you're gonna go get a guy from another team, you're gonna poach a guy from another team and most likely give him a lot of money. You better be sure of how you're going to use him. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So Corey Littleton, perfect example. LaMarcus Joyner, even better example. And there's other guys, and not just in free agency, but the draft as well when they tried to move Lynn Bowden. They t- tried to get him. He was a slot wide receiver and a quarterback in college, and they tried to move him to the running back position. Amik Robertson, he's a guy who played on the outside, and they tried to put him in the nickel position. I mean, it's just you can't continuously move guys around and think that you're going to reinvent the wheel. And Mike Mayock, he even, to his credit, admitted that last week when he had that media session when he uh, when he was talking about all things draft and what they learned from last year and all that good stuff. Here's Mike Mayock right here. If you don't remember what he said about some of the things they learned from the 2020 draft and the the fact that they had to deal with COVID-19. I think
0: we thought that we were in a good place because all seven of our picks were in the first four rounds in a COVID year. And I think if. You look back at it and you go, in a COVID year, should you be picking guys that perhaps are a projection from one position to another? You know, we took the kid from Kentucky in the third round and ended up trading him to Miami before the season started. That was a projection. He was a college slot receiver and a quarterback, and we tried to move him to running back in a pandemic year. And to be honest with you, I don't think it was fair to the kid. You know, we don't even see him face to face live until training camp in July. Um, You take Amik Robertson in the fourth round. He was an outside corner. And even though it doesn't sound like a big change to go to nickel in a COVID year with no reps, trying to learn run fits in the corner or the nickel position that he never had to do before. That's asking a lot.
1: Yes, it is asking a lot. So don't do it. Just don't do it. I mean, these guys that get drafted and these front offices that are really good, they see guys in the draft and they use them to their strength. These guys that go and and sign free agents and feel like these guys are going to help put them over the top, they use them as advertised. And I don't know what it is about the Raiders and why they decide that they've got to try to, like I said before, reinvent the wheel. You don't do it. You just don't. I mean, just go out there and do how these guys are, are, are successful. Put these guys in a position to succeed. And if, if they don't do that, if they go into this free agency starting on the 17th and they sign a bunch of guys and they move them to different positions that they don't play or they don't prefer to play, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be rinse and repeat. You know, the, the sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, thinking you're going to get a different results. Well, they're going to be doing insane type things if they continue to do that. They just can't so if anything if they go into free agency the first rule of thumb is hey go get this guy and use him To his strength. If they go out and make a big splash for, say, a a Marcus Williams, the safe safety, you got to use him in that position so he could be that ball hawk on on that back end. That's what the the, the Raiders need. They need a ball hawk on that back end. They need a free safety who can go around there, run around, and make plays, opposite of Jonathan Abram, who most likely is going to be the Cam Chancellor type guy in this Gus Bradley defense. You know, if you're going to use a linebacker, uh, really one of the biggest roles for Gus Bradley is going to be able to uh, not dumb things down, but simplify things for Corey Littleton to get the most out of him and get him back to playing at a very high level. Uh, you know, I think another question is going to be, how is Damon Arnett going to thrive and play in this Gus Bradley defense? He's a guy who likes to play man-to-man press cover corner. And instead, you know, Gus Bradley does a lot of cover three. And look, when they drafted him, they knew that he was a press man cover. And Paul Gunther, he did a lot of zone coverage. So, I mean, there's just, you know, it's just one thing or the other. You you get guys and you don't use them to their strength. You want to talk about dr- guys that are drafted and you don't use them to their strength? How about Henry Ruggs? You know, you could say, and I can make the argument that both first-round draft picks from 2020 were used incorrectly by the Raiders in 2020. You know, Henry Ruggs, he's a guy that ran a lot of slants when it was out of Alabama, a guy who did a lot of crossing patterns, a lot of quick hitters, just found ways to get him the ball, and then boom, he went from there. And the Raiders, they're stretching the field with him. They're using him like he's, you know, the second coming to Cliff Branch, and I get it. They want to use that strength of, of, of his speed and open things up for everybody else. I get that, but again, he's not a, a high price decoy. He's not. He's a guy that they expect to see make plays, and so use him... Like like they use him at Alabama. And I get it. I mean, a lot of things he's got to work on as well himself, like get off on the the line of scrimmage. He's going to have to be able to beat press coverage. He's got to get a little bit stronger. That's on him. But still, it's on the Raiders to use him correctly. And so this all goes back, man. It all comes full circle. If you're going to go get guys, use them into their strength. Whatever they do best, let them do it. Don't try to change who they are. What would you do that for? You know what I mean? I mean, you're not going to put a defensive lineman, take a defensive lineman and make them the offensive lineman, are you? Don't. They play on the D-line and, and vice versa. Don't put the offensive lineman on the D-line. I mean, and, and I know they're not doing that, but still, it's, it's it's almost the same thing. If a guy has a certain position and he plays a certain role and you studied it, this is what your scouting team has done. And this is what you as the GM, Mike Mayock, and this is what you as the head coach, John Gruden, this is what you've been focused on. How does this guy fit with what we do? He might be a really good player player, but not for what you do. So if you can't get the most out of that guy, then you should probably go get a guy that you can get the most out of and not just a guy that you want to get because, well, he you just want to go get him. You like the way he plays. If he doesn't fit what you do, then don't bring him in. If he doesn't fit with what you want to do and he doesn't play that to the strength. And again, I go back to LaMarcus Joyner playing in the slot when he's clearly a free safety. If you were going to do that, you probably should have got someone else. I don't know, a guy who played slot corner. If that's what you were looking for, if you were looking for a guy just ideally to go and cover Travis Kelsey and go cover Noah Fant and go and cover uh, Hunter Henry, then fine. That's cool. That's a need. But go get that guy. Go get a dominant slot corner, not a guy who is not very good at that position and only did it at a 61.3 grade, according to Pro Football Focus, when at free safety he was 90.1. I don't know about you. I wasn't the greatest in school, but I know damn well I'd take a 90 over a 61 any day. (laughs) I ain't got to be the smartest uh, guy in the classroom to know that a 90.1 is way better than a 61.3. I'm just saying. So the Raiders need to make sure that they don't do that. That's got to be... Rule number one, as they get ready for free agency this upcoming year. So that's all I got for you for uh, segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707 seven zero seven six five four. 4693. Before we get into that though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. What you got to do is go to rockauto.com, check for all auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they got everything. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Doesn't matter if your car is a classic, a daily driver, You can get everything you need. It's a few easy clicks away, and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers, so there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to RockAuto.com right now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, the only thing I ask you to do is write in the little box on how'd you hear about us? Write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car's ever going to need at rockauto.com. Segment number three is on the way.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network. Your team Every day.
1: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and start things off with a text from J.C. Raider out of Ogden, Utah. It says, hey Q, this is J.C. Raider out of Ogden, Utah. The last couple of years the Raiders have started out really well and then fell apart that last half of the season. It's hard being a fan it's hard being a fan and so invested in the team and getting so excited just to see it all go down the toilet. My question for you and Raider Nation is, what do the Raiders need to do to stop this from happening again this season? How can they build a team that can finish the whole damn season? I don't have answers. Keep up the great work. That's from J.C. Raider out of Ogden, Utah. You know, that's a great question. That's probably the million-dollar question because now it's happened two seasons in a row, so now it's habit-forming. Now it's not just a coincidence. You know, 6-3 and three this year and then end up 8-8 eight and eight is 100% un- unacceptable. And I really do believe and I don't know why, and this, a lot of this goes back on Gruden, I don't know why these guys start feeling themselves. I don't know why they all of a sudden think they arrived because they, they're they at 6-3 and, and and a lot of people are starting to talk about them, giving praise, and they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs and so all of a sudden that became like the biggest game ever. And I'll tell you, it felt like even when I was there for that game in uh, in November, late November, that Sunday night game against the Chiefs where they lost when they, they let the Chiefs come back uh, the last second and win that game, I felt like they a lot of the air came out of their sails. I mean, I really do. I feel like that, that game beat them multiple times. And coaches always tell me, and I talk to coaches all the time, uh, high school coaches, college coaches, whatever it is. I talk to them all the time. They always say, you cannot allow one loss to beat you twice. And I feel like the Raiders allowed that Chiefs game, that Sunday night football game in Allegiant Stadium to beat them multiple times, not just twice, multiple times. It's almost like they just kind of lost that game and everything. The wheels fell off. So uh, a lot of that is is the coaching staff has got to clear the minds and clear that game and just move on and say, hey, that's one game, it only counts for one. Uh, We still have a lot of the season to play, and we got to go still win these other games. And so they can't be so emotionally invested in one game. They can't just say that that's like their Super Bowl, and that's the end-all, be-all. They've got to be able to keep on trucking. If they take a tough loss, they've got to be able to get back on and jump on that horse and ride that thing. And unfortunately for the Raiders, they weren't able to do that. So a lot of that goes back to coaching. The team is young. It also goes back to leadership. They've got to be able to, like I said, rally the troops and get them going. And that's why Nelson Aguilar was so upset at the end of the season, you know, when he had that big blow up that people made a bigger deal than had to because this team was accepting not playing well. And they were giving games away. That Chargers game gave it away. Miami game gave it away. You know, even that Kansas City game really gave it away at the end. There was a lot of games that were just given away and they shouldn't have lost and they should have been a playoff team in 2020. So... You can't make excuses. You've got to learn from it. But a lot of that goes on coaching just to be able to clear these guys' minds and get them focused on the next game and not to dwell on on what happened the week before. And then a lot of that goes on the players as well. They've got to be held accountable. They've got to have their team leadership. And they've got to be able to check themselves and and not get too hung up. You know, if they have a bad game, come back the next week and have a better game. You know, I'll tell you right now, I had a bad radio show on Monday. Guess what I'm going to do today? I'm going to kick ass. (laughs) I promise you. I promise you I will. You know, and that's just the beauty of it. If you're someone who gives a rat's ass about what you do, that's who you are. If you know that you had a bad day, you come back the next day and have a great day. It's as simple as that. So that's what the Raiders have to do. If they have a bad game, you took a, a, a terrible L late against the Chargers. Well, don't take a terrible L against the Miami Dolphins later. Make sure you learn from that mistake and close the door. Shut them down. That's what they have to do. And I I know everyone's got their theories on what's going on, but that's my opinion. And and that's the the main reason right there. But they've got to figure out a way to stop that from happening. Great great text to get us started today, man. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Mike. He's calling in about the LaMarcus joiner release and has some concern about it. Really, he has the concerns I had that I spoke on in segment number two. But here he is, Raider Mike.
2: What's up, Q? Raider Nation. Raider Mike. Hey, man, what's up? Just calling in about the joiner release. Um, I know I talked to you know the people in our chat about it, and I know he didn't pan out the way that he was supposed to, but um, yeah, I was expressing some concern, as in you know now that he's on the market, if he gets picked up, you know, and a team uh uses him to his best abilities, which was at safety um me personally man I am gonna be I think I'm gonna be a little bothered just because it keeps continuing to prove that we bring players in. And you're bringing in high-priced free agents. We're bringing in those players, and we're not playing them in the natural position that they were on, that they played in on another team, and allowing them to show off their talents. We're putting them, mixing them around all over the field, and putting them in uncomfortable positions. At that point, then it's hard for us to um, get the best out of them. So, I mean, I know there's better, there's better safeties out there. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. But as far as him getting um, getting released and part of us not playing where he was supposed to, it, it, it could probably get a little annoying. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, uh, are there any other safeties out there that you would rather us go after, uh, maybe in free agency or in the draft? All right, yeah. everybody, God bless. Raider Mike out.
1: Raider Mike, great call my man, you're absolutely right, you know, Joiner didn't pan out Uh, a lot of that was on the Raiders, you know, just like the other guys they brought in and changed what they do and that's what I was talking about in a major way in segment number two, you know, as far as other safeties go though, uh, Marcus Williams, if you're going to look for a splash, he'd be great from New Orleans, I think he's a ball hawk, he's a young dude if you can find a way to get him and get him under the salary cap, that'd be great if not, maybe you take a a flyer on a guy in the draft like Merrick from TCU or Cisco from Syracuse Uh, but he's coming off an injury, so uh, Maybe you look at Merrick from TCU. That's a guy that Mel Kiper Jr. And I know everyone loves when I say it that way. Uh, you won't believe how many people hit me up and Was like, I can't stand it when you say his name like that. My bad. I just can't help it. It's just kind of what I do. So anyway, I won't do it anymore today. But um, <laughs> going back to to the guys in the draft, you know, Merrick from TCU, he could be a possibility. I like him more of a... Probably a second-round guy, but I see him, you know, as mocked as high as 17. Um, You know, Cisco from Syracuse you can get later because he's coming off that injury, and I really am not a fan of getting guys coming off of injuries anymore. The Raiders have been there, done that. I think they need to get a guy that's good to go. You know, and here's one that's kind of put in the back pocket and just let it sit there. Maybe the Raiders give a shot on a one-year deal to Earl Thomas, you know, if he wants to play. If he's, like, mentally engaged and really wants to play. Uh, Gus Bradley, obviously he's very familiar with Earl. Maybe he can help get him right. And, and again, just something to put in your back pocket. That's not something that I'm saying that they got to go do. I'm just throwing it out there. So thank you so much for that Uh, that call. Appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Canadian Raider. He says, Hey Q, it's Canadian Raider here. Just wanted to comment on the whole Brent Musburger thing. Please know I say this with the utmost respect to you, sir. I think Musburger's comments about local media supporting Derek are not because they have a duty to ride with him, no matter what, but are more because he is not the problem with the team. If you listen again to the interview, you'll see that Musburger's main point is that the D was the problem and Derek played well, and the focus of the offseason should be on the defense. An analogy that I would have would be like a house is on fire and somebody saying there's a leaky tap in the bathroom upstairs and then over the offseason, everybody starts talking about putting a new tap upstairs in the bathroom and how great the house would be with the new tap. The local media, the people that are supposed to know the team the best, should be screaming at the top of their lungs that the house is on fire and we shouldn't really be thinking about the taps. It's not so much that they have a duty to always support the Raiders, but that they have a duty to know what teams need most and what we don't. Just my interpretation of the interview, though, all the best. That's from Canadian Raider. And no, you're not wrong. And one of my, you know, arguments to that is the local media has said that the local media has all Vinny Bonsignor, Vic Taffer, uh Scott Goldbranson, I, myself, we've all said that the defense has been a struggle. Uh, you heard me, if you heard the show when I was talking uh, to Corbin Smith, host of Locked on Seahawks, when I was talking about a potential trade for Russell Wilson, I said, look, if I'm the Raiders, I'd call because I think that that's the the smart thing to do. That would be the responsible thing to do. But I'm not desperate to get rid of them. I, I really am not. I, I think that the defense is the biggest issue and they need to be upgraded. You can win with Derek Carr. Now, I still believe that Russell Wilson's an upgrade, but I look at it as, and this has been my perfect analogy for it, I look at it as uh, going to the car dealership to buy a car. You know, and this actually happened when uh, me and the wife went and bought her new car. We went to the car dealership and they were trying to gouge us on the price. Well, this is how much the car is going to be. This is how much it's going to cost. And I said, well, this is how much we're going to pay. Well, this is how much it costs. And that's not what, you know, we're asking. Well, that's fine. I don't need a car. I'm just here because we want to look at a car. And oh, by the way, this ain't even the one we want to look at. You're actually selling me something or trying to sell me something that's more than even what I wanted to begin with. So... I don't need the car. I can drive home in this car and be happy and still live to see another day, and you'll sell that car to someone who's desperate and has to buy a car. And so they said, ha, okay, you're right. And they sold it to us at the price that we wanted. That's my that my perfect example. I think everyone in the building, Raider Nation Radio 920, I think everyone who writes covering the Raiders has all said that the defense needs the to, to work and they need to get fixed. But that doesn't mean that you just have to say, and there's no way that the Raiders can go make a move for a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Those guys are upgrades. Regardless how you want to shake it, they're still upgrades, and I think Derek Carr knows that. That's the biggest thing. So that was my beef with what Brent Musburger had to say, is yes, everyone has acknowledged that the defense is is the issue, but at the same time, if the Raiders at some point decide that they're going to go make a move and upgrade the position, then that's what they do. It's just, I mean, that's just what it is. It's business. It's simple. That's just how things shake out. So, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying there's other elements to this. And everyone that I've talked to, all the local media, have all said that the defense is an issue as well. The offense does need more work. It's not a finished product yet. It's still growing. But again, going into year four with John Gruden, I do feel confident that they're going to be really, really good. And Derek Carr can get it done. So that was my main argument to what you got to say there but again I understand where you're coming from and like I said you're not wrong but there's more elements to this and being a guy in the media this is one of those things where I I usually say I'm going with my gut feeling as a guy who's actually a member of the media I could tell you (laughs) <laughs> I can tell you that there's more elements to it. And that's why I'm bringing it to the table. I like to be 100% honest with you. I try to not candy coat anything. Matter of fact, I'm not going to candy coat anything because you deserve better than that. So I want you to kind of get a sneak peek behind the the, the curtain and, and understand how everything shakes out. So hopefully you understand where I'm coming from. And that's why I felt the need to make a, a, a longer conversation about it because it was asking for everyone to tow the company line when everyone's not a member of the company, you know what I mean but thank you for that text I appreciate you next up and I believe final call of the show we're here from t3 raider facts he's calling in with five quick hits of the day he's talking about the podcast common connections among fans al davis and the treatment of others diversity and hating on others it's a very deep call here from t3 it's not his normal stuff but uh here's t3 raider facts with his five quick hits of the day
0: this is t3 raider facts with my five quick hits of the day and a little off-season equity training for the nation Number one, this is a unique, organic environment here on the podcast. It allows voices to be shared and lets people know that they are part of something bigger than themselves. Q, we thank you for that. Number two, we can create segregated societies, as in a nation of Raider fans or just football fans, but we can also create inclusivity within that society. And that means we can have common connections, but at the same time, we don't all have to agree. Number three, when we don't agree, we need to get back to what Al Davis said. He always said, don't treat others the way you want to be treated. In a paramilitary sense, treat other people as they wish to be treated. Let's get back to Al Davis. Number four, we don't need intentional diversity. We need real diversity. It shouldn't have to be forced. Now, I'm not black, but I can understand Black Lives Matter, and I can engage in the dialogue. By the same token, I'm not a member of the Raiders organization, but I can certainly take part in the dialogue. That includes judgments being made toward players for whatever reason. Number five, hate is going to happen. Fans, podcasters, radio hosts, former players, and even current players, everyone seems to have an agenda. But just like the old commercial says, you can't fake steak, well, that's how all our reactions are sometimes. But sometimes we need to check those because once you put it out there, it's out there. It's much easier to quietly reason and process rather than having to do damage control. All right, Raider Nation, you know I love you all, but this year, 2021, let's come together. Win, lose, or tie, it's Raiders till we die. You know I'm passionate about that, and you know that passion always outlives fashion.
1: There he goes, T3. Thanks so much for that call, my man. Appreciate you. And unfortunately, where we are now, it feels like most folks have a bigger agenda with whatever we do. I mean, really, it's really what it boils down to. It's a really tough grind right now. Uh, so many folks are looking to tear you down uh, no matter what, you know, and that's really based on social media, you know, it, it kind of has lit a fire with it, you know. And a lot of times there's there's a one thing that'll be said on social media and all of a sudden it'll, it'll just start a storm, you know. And so that's, like I said, unfortunately that's kind of where we are. Uh, you brought up a lot of good points right there. Um, you know, I always try to be very careful with uh, what I say and the way I say it because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to go back and have to clean up anything. And I feel like i don't i don't feel like i have to go back and clean up anything wherever i say whenever i say something if it's criticism or not it's it's always going to come from a a place of respect and some people still don't like it and that's fine uh but it's it's going to always be a place of respect it's never going to be slander Uh, i'm never going to try to low-key say something about someone that like i said is disrespectful it's just not my my style most importantly I don't want to mess up my name. You know what I mean? And, and it doesn't matter uh, who's listening to what. Uh, at any given time, anybody could be listening to something, and I don't want to ruin my name by being slanderous about someone. So I'm not going to get down like that. And uh, sometimes I choose not to speak on certain things just because I just don't. You know, and that's just that's just who, it, uh, who I am. Uh, you know, like I said, I've, I think about stuff, and I, and I make sure that it's the right decision before I talk about stuff. Sometimes I'll, I'll record a whole segment, then go back and say, you know what, I worded that incorrectly. Let me go do it again. Not going to lie just how it happens sometimes. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Uh, Appreciate everyone with all the feedback on on today's show. Still coming up tomorrow. I got a text from Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas. Got a text from Nick out of the Valley of the Sun. Got some more calls to get to. Of course, we'll have more news and notes of the day. And, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff to get to. So that'll come up on tomorrow's show. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. You know, keep on fighting the good fight because this thing is not over yet. And uh, most importantly, as always, just win, baby.